Michigan. Now, pop that 40 and kick back with your hosts, Dan, Nick, Ken, Rob, Matt, and Angela. We are live, episode 116 of the Better On Point Draft five. podcast. So yes, we tried once. It got recorded somewhere, but we don't know where, so we decided to just screw it and try again, simply because we can. Point two five. Point two five. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's no 2. 116, 0. so it needs to be at least 116. <laughs> so anyways, my name is Ken. I'll start off with myself. I am drinking a delicious can of Moscow Miel from Sellerman's, which is amazing delicious i love it rob what's going on hey hey what are you drinking over there uh i am well i need to get back to double fisting here but i am drinking urban artifacts milkman maple breakfast stout and three floyd's gumball head a little bit of ebony and ivory kind of thing over there damn right they go together in perfect harmony have you mixed them together see what happens i'm not gonna get into beer blending yet but give me that cup (laughs) (laughs) Uh, we shall find out. Let's do a little bit of that. Let's it's like uh, Kentucky Beast style. Do a little bit of that. Oh, that, I, I do not envy you. Swirl it My around. nose is bleeding right now for you. So uh, if you don't mind, while um, you're going to do that, uh, can somebody go grab our guest who is actually at the oh. front door? There you go. So um, as you continue the conversation. That's a nope. That's a nope. <laughs> <laughs> that's, Still. I mean, it just, it suddenly just became very flat. Still one of I my mean, favorite, like, <laughs> God damn it. I love, I love Chance the Rap. That, that entire sketch is amazing. <laughs> that's, that's a nope because it's just suddenly, and really the, the milkman by itself, it's just, I don't know. I, I'm not liking what's, what's coming off the, of the, of the stout. It's like I don't taste the maple. And I I don't know what's in this thing, so uh, that I'm not really enjoying myself. And just really the, the gumball head right now is is probably my my favorite of the two. But it, it's pretty much just what happens when you multiply a positive with a negative. That's exactly what happens. Still a negative. Yeah, it's still a negative. So that man. means if we mix E40 and King Cobra, it's going to be the best beer ever. Damn right. That that by far negative negatives is a positive. You do without a doubt have to come up with uh, probably one of the best damn things that that may have hits the malt liquor biz since DKML. <laughs> so uh, as our guest is uh, sitting down, getting himself a little bit comfortable, uh, Matt, what's going on? Hey Ken, what are long you, time. What are you drinking over there? Uh, well, our f- wonderful friends at Axel just brought us. Would you call these crowlers? Those yeah. are uh, crowlers. Howlers, crowlers. What, Those are thirty-two ounce sort of, cans. They, they brought us some owlers. Some definite crowlers. Are we on? Um, are we on? We're yeah, on. We're, we're live. Uh, and I am about to pour uh, yesterday's news. Not fake news. Yesterday's news. Uh, yesterday's yeah. Local Huey ed- Lewis, right? Local edition. Huey Lewis and yesterday's news. Yeah, it's a uh, as you might imagine by the name, a New England IPA. Yes. <laughs> um, we should maybe all the rage was taken. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. It smells. It, it smells super hoppy. Hundred percent local. Uh, I smell almost like a jammy style citrus in here. 
all uh, Top Hops Goodrich. Uh, oh, wow. Uh, yeah. Very, uh, wow. I'm getting a lot more of like berry f- uh, flavor as opposed to your standard tropical little, hop notes. A little bit of stone Super phony. Super phony. Super phony. That's fake news. Not phony. No, no. That's the mother phony. stuff I do on occasion to make my people crazy. Um, uh, drier than many of them, but overall really good. I wouldn't say overly to style because it's definitely no. not M43. No. Uh, but it's, this is uh, good. This we, is really we, uh, good. We took a little more of a loss and sip of sunshine, uh, Vermont <coughs> direction with this beer. Yeah, and, so I'm uh, getting I'm getting berries instead of citrus, and I'm getting dry as opposed to juicy, which yeah. I'm, I'm not opposed to add all of any of this. Would you like some, Ken? Yeah, pour me a glass. You Obviously, know, you know what I'll I wouldn't be some. opposed to is getting some beer. Been getting right, some right beer. Along with the chicken, my head cut off. What well, are you guys yeah. got going on? Today? We got. Um, well, uh, well, you brought beer. Yeah, you yeah. Did brought your own beer. <laughs> Obviously, you're probably sick of that. Well, you know, I did uh, have to. I'm sorry, I'm late. I did have to run back to the. Uh, that's okay. To the tap room because I realized I had some IPAs, but I didn't have any stouts for you boys. Ooh, Ooh. so Thank I grabbed you. a Velvet LC, some yes. milk stout too. So there is some Rochester Red. There is. We'll crack open that Cooper Project maybe in a little bit. Uh, which is Cooper Project number three. It's not Copper Project? Uh, I thought it's Cooper. Yeah, it it's is Cooper, Cooper Project. I, I was like, read. why are you telling Cooper. me? Are we good? Why are you trying to correct me? So that's Cooper number one. We had two and three last week. I actually had one of those that I just took down to Florida. I don't know what number it was. Yep, Nick uh, Nick Britsky from Nick Drinks brought us one, uh, which was that blonde Doppelbach, uh, which we had last week. So this one we have not had yet itself. So, Dan, welcome back to the show. We appreciate you coming on such short notice. Hey, you know what? It was uh, it was good timing. I just assumed everyone was in Kalamazoo, so I didn't bother. Not I. The rest of my crew was. Okay. I, I took this year off. I had to work. Somebody does. <laughs> Somebody. <yeah. laughs> you had to uh, get on all these social media because you were creating a buzz for sure. <laughs> It's been a fun week. <laughs> I think it's only going to get funner, right? Yeah. No, it's great. We... Uh, we we've had, we've had a fun week. So uh, with that in mind, obviously we'll we'll tell the little anecdote because uh, Dan and I are actual friends because we're Facebook friends, so it's official. Yeah, for real. And you you had made a comment on Facebook in regards to you know we we don't talk too much politics here, but it goes into the story uh, about the quote very stable genius, and I'm like that actually sounds like a pretty rad beer name. Oh, like yeah. that's yeah. that sounds like a beer name I would get. So I messaged it to you, and you're like you know hey that's replacing our alternatives, and I didn't think anything of it. <laughs> <laughs> and a, almost a week later, I see this thing from Metro Times. I see it from Nick Britsky. I see it from you. And it says, very stable genius beer from Axel Brewing. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, either I sniffed this out well before it was happening or uh, I named the beer. And I was does, like, does do I get royalties? Well, yeah, totally. A nickel on every, I, was, I, was, I was like, maybe maybe I get some royalties on there. Maybe we can get a little better on draft. So you named. So this isn't your first foray into political beer names. No, we, um, we, you're not even the first in Oakland County to do political beer names. No. no. So. My question to you, and and I guess this is going to be a two-parter because this is what uh, really interests me. So, Dan, for what can you say, what is your position at Axel Brewing? Uh, I'm the president and I'm the managing partner of the company. Okay. So you have a true fiscal line into the company. Is that correct? Oh, yeah, absolutely. What makes you like this is a, a very scary thing to do in regards to going political 
and you're you're going complete one direction. There's mm-hmm. no like cutting in the middle. There's no centrist. This is one direction. This is and this isn't your first one. You had alternative facts or alternative facts. The yep. black IPA, which was really good. Yep. Was hoping you was bringing some, but yeah, no, sold out, all out. We're gonna do it again in the fall. Okay, that that it was a really really good beer. You did you did sell it correctly by uh, giving me a little bit when we were at the tap house, and you're like, you're gonna like it. You're gonna like it. So how do you make this decision to put yourself out there knowing full well that you're going to have you're going to have backlash? That's just no question. So Well, have you had backlash? I guess it's probably- Oh man, it's fantastic. It's uh <laughs> so I mean, you know, essentially you guys know, I mean, I, it's hard to believe, but I think the first time I sat down with you guys, you were in the old space. And, you know, yeah, we actually sat down with uh, Matt and Renee. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. Back I, when they owned ABC. Yeah. I remember during <laughs> yeah. the breaks getting getting a hell of a lot of grief because I, I described my unabashed love for Southern California IPAs um, as opposed to just Michigan IPAs. But um, from from my standpoint, um, you know, as you guys know, I'm not, you know, longtime member of the brewing industry in Michigan. Um, I have a lot of respect for what everybody does. But. Um, I also, you know, we've been in a unique position where, you know, we we bought an asset that it, to say it was distressed would be the understatement of the century. And, you know, we glossed over it for a little while, but we made a lot of aggressive, you know, personnel changes and moves and we made a pretty big bet in Ferndale. And so yeah, I think you milked the entire <laughs> purchase for what it was worth. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, suffice to say we started in a 10 foot hole. So, um, you know, for us in terms of telling our story, you know, we're really serious about the beer. If any of you guys know our head brewer, Adam Bretta, he's very serious about his beer. And uh, but we don't take ourselves that seriously. And so um, you take your food seriously. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we take our experience seriously, but I I feel like um, I feel like there's very little risk in in what we do. I mean, we um, I look at the naming conventions as an opportunity to tell stories. I mean, and that's what we do. We, We tell stories through beer. And, um, you know, whether it's our Kolsch, you know, which uh, we've had some great – we got great trolls and haters. You know, we have uh, our Kolsch's 14th Amendment. Um, and, yes, once a week I get corrected that that it was not the repeal of Prohibition. And we explain politely that, yes, it was the Equal Protection Clause that was the reason we have legalized gay marriage in this country. And we donate a part of the proceeds to uh, Affirmations, the LGBT community. Oh, really? Yeah. We actually do 50 cents from every pint of 14th Amendment. Oh, wow. Um, and it's great. I mean, we've got, you know, we've got permanent, permanent taps and Menjos and Soho, and we've had a great support from the gay community. Um, and, uh, and we, their youth programs are extraordinary. Oh, hold on, time yeah. out. So people correct you about the 14th Amendment. Yeah. Oh, as yeah. if they're thinking the 21st Amendment. Yeah. That you messed up seven amendments. Yes, like. yes exactly. <laughs> or the 18th Amendment. So my best, I'll give you guys a couple good, because, you know, you're, we're getting at the, is there a political Give that barrel? back, because that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't merely pour myself enough. We, are, we, we distributed a little bit of that. But uh, it was funny. Before we opened, we opened, it, it wasn't a intentional, but a, a coincidence more than anything, because we had everything ready. Ready in the health department. We opened on June 3rd, which was Pride in Ferndale. And, you know, maybe four or five days before we were open and the flags went up, and we had a Detroit City Football Club flag, State of Michigan flag, and a, and a Pride flag. And those were the ones we had gotten in at that point from Amazon. And I got a, a text to my private Facebook account, not the actual one, and someone said, I was really hoping that this is going to be a place I enjoy in our neighborhood. But I saw those flags go up. 
And I know I'll never step foot in that place. They're Arbor FC folk, aren't they? And then, you know, my, the funny thing is my response was, why do you hate soccer so much? <laughs> and the response was, that's not the flag I'm talking about. He and you Michigan? know it. Is he a Buckeye? But as a matter of fact, I do hate soccer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was like, it, this is like, I'm like, perfect. So there's one I don't have to talk to. Um, but we've, you know, we've, we've done. You should have been like, glad I saved you the gas money. Yeah. Feel free it, to tip your waitresses. It's, 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 you know, so from, from our standpoint, you know, Alternifacts kind of came out. We were joking around and, you know, the, the, the conundrum of just the whole, you know, juxtaposition of black pale ale is kind of funny. And when you throw rye into the mix and, you know, we were, we were joking around and um, that was actually Adam, Adam Beretta was like, well, you know, everyone's entitled to alternative facts. And, uh, and I'm like, yeah, we're going to roll with that. And um, so we, you know, we're pretty clear about what we are as a brand. I mean, we care about the values, you know, that our community expresses. We are where we're at on Livernois because we've got a good proximity to the community in Detroit and Ferndale. Um, you know, uh, you will see a much more diverse audience in our tap room than you typically see in most. Um, and we understand what our audience is. So uh, in the same way, you know, not to be super cavalier, Ken, but um, – you know, I'm forty. You know, forty nine years old, and I've been in a bunch of different businesses. And and you know what? If your brand can express how you feel, then what, what's the point? And um, from a fiduciary standpoint, we know who our audience is. We know who we're talking to. Um, and honestly, um, if you actually read, you know, the press release I wrote, I mean, it may have well been an onion piece. I, I mean, <laughs> I did an interview with CBS, and I stayed very method. Um, and she was dying. The interviewer's like. She's like, you're like, are you going like Daniel Day Lewis in that Cobbler movie right now? I'm like, yeah, you're not getting a deviation. So <laughs> we we kept it fairly. Uh, I think we kept it fairly nuanced, um, but it was definitely was an it opportunity. Detroit CBS or CBS? No, CBS uh, National. We've oh, actually okay. picked up a little bit of national press. Us uh, Cloudburst in Seattle uh, sent us a note saying, okay, we love it. We're doing it too. And a few other people said, yeah, we're doing that too. Uh, <laughs> have, have you have these clips ran yet? Oh yeah! Am I going to see you like on the road with Steve Hartman? Yeah, and <laughs> CBS Evening News. I just I want to be with Steve Harvey. That's what I requested. Oh, no. I knew Steve Harvey from back in my Essence days, and that would be a much more interesting. Essence interview. Magazine. Yeah, I, I, I was. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> yes, I was the white guy from. Detroit I was going to say. Yes. What you saying? White people can't work at Essence? I, there was know, only, there's I, only one. To be fair. <laughs> I mean, still diversified. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No. So what? it's. Uh, no, it's yeah, it's been uh, it's been all over the place. They picked up on all the local news outlets, some some brewing industry journals. Uh, you know, uh, WWJ uh, did a piece that fed the CBS Radio national feed. So um, yeah, there's been some fun stuff. We got a call from a stringer at the Washington Post, um, <laughs> which is hysterical. And this is just for a very stable genius. Yeah, yeah, but you know, I mean, come no on. press is bad press, though, right? Well, you know what? Someone said, "Well, you concerned it's going to distract you guys are making really excellent beers, and more people need to know about it." And I said, "Well, yeah, but that's my point. One of the things that we don't get credit for right now, probably be in large part because of how we started and what our history is, is pound for pound. Uh, you know, I'll put our lineup against anybody's right now. Adam's making amazing, clean, you know, lovely dry beers, and yeah, we're not we're not going too far out on the limb, but." Everything's pretty tight, and anything that draws people in and gets people a smile on their face and trying some different stuff is great. And to be honest, I think you're in a, a safe place mm-hmm. in Ferndale to do this. Like if you were in Romeo or Imlay City or 
somewhere super blue collar conservative, I th- think you know you would have you know rocks thrown at your you oh. and you would be closed. But because Ferndale and Royal Oak and the Avenue of Fashion, like that area, is such a insulated, to be honest, liberal area. Yeah. I mean. But it's also colorful, and it's, it's very a mindful tribute, of dude. It's yeah, a tri- exactly. It could be a tribute. How do you know it's even negative? I mean, it could be like an homage. Uh, I love You're on it. video saying this, so it's not like you can hide the <laughs> hide the smirk that <laughs> that you're having as you're saying that. No, but yeah, you know what? You're 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 definitely not wrong. I mean, from from our standpoint, um, and I gotta tell you, the trolls. Uh, the comment section, like, you know, our, our Facebook world and our social media universe, pretty enjoyable. I mean, everybody's, you know, frankly, the, the quotes and the beer, the suggestions of the beer descriptions from people on the social feeds are far more blue than I would have gone to. I'm really upset, though, of how you did the wording. Like, there should be a lot more punctuation in it. It should be like a, a period and an exclamation point. Yeah. A, few, a few ellipses in there. You know, I, I did. did, you, uh, did is, maybe did, cut it off after 140 characters I, and then start a second one. I, you know, I, I only had a few. <laughs> is I, this brewed with Kovifi? Yeah, it totally is. <laughs> well, it's funny because that, you, that should be your next stout. Is Kovifi oh stout? You know what? The, the we've already got. I mean, you know, I, I'm uh, I'm going to announce a new collaboration today okay, too wow. because oh. it based on trolls. Uh, you know, we we've had. I've realized that on our social feeds it's funny, but like when you get into news stories, like if Deadline Detroit or WDIV or XYZ, they pick something up. Then you get the ones, the true trolls that come out of the woodwork that almost have the auto troll. And so yesterday (laughs) I was called a snowflake queen. Um, which I was like, damn, I'm flattered. That's, You're royalty. That is dope. So, so are they uh, just naming beers then for you? Yeah, <laughs> so I'm like, uh, so that's so, your winter beers. I was gonna so say a winter wit. I am, I am carrying, oh, carrying, carrying some of my boys' water today because uh, I was with Dominic Calzetta and, and Andy and uh, and I said, guys, I, I can't stay. I got to do. I got to meet, see my son. I got a pizza day. I'm going on better on draft. And they're like, like. Oh, great. I said, Dom, why don't you come with me? He's like, I can't. I got to do this. And I said, well, I'm going to bring some new cans in. Um, so we're, we're going to, our next collaboration with those guys is going to be called Snowflake Queen. Nice. <laughs> yeah, we've reached out to Dom. Dom's going to be coming back on the show soon to talk about the, uh, the canning, as we've talked about on this show, because I've had it for the last That's two pretty weeks. Gnarly. Uh, yeah, yeah, a little disappointed that they went with uh, pineapple cider and not uh, Saigon Sin. Well, well, you know what? I think. Had you even heard of their pineapple cider before? Oh yeah, it's fucking pineapple. I believe is the description. Yeah, at, uh, well, I guess it's, it's fucking pineapple. <laughs> when you go to market, and I know you guys, Sold. you guys talked last week about the three tier system. I'm like, oh, I wish Matt would have been here. But the part of the premise of going to market in a three tier system is to take your flagship and one of your under known beers. Okay, because if you take your one, two, and three beers right to market, then people are just going to know uh, the same beers that they. They grow, or but if they, yeah. but in for your circumstance, if you've heard of Sellermans, and you go out seeking a can of Saigon Sin, and say, and then say, so you know, someone's like, oh, actually, we don't have that. That's not can, but here's the pineapple cider. You'll say, oh, well, I wasn't anticipating that was going to be their second lineup, but hey, I'll try it. It'll get more liquid to lips. I'm and, curious if the Miel is their flagship and not the Saigon Sin. Exactly. No. So I'm saying the Moscow is their flagship. That's what I would, that's probably what I was their asking. tertiary or fourth beer in their lineup is probably the pineapple cider. So mm-hmm. instead of going with one and two, you go with one and four or one and five. That way you get something that doesn't get a lot of you know, lip time, 
to to the lips of random people. Yeah, <laughs> liquid to lips is generally is basically a beer premise when it comes to sales. New beer name. It's uh, you know, one of the things I'll say is I think the meal, the Moscow, it's it's really differentiated in that category, and I think um, I think probably that was a fairly smart play because I think that it will definitely. It will pick up quite a bit, and and ironically, because we know them so well in the industry, and we you know we have a small winemaker's license, so we're working with those guys. They make our cider and our mead for us at Livernois Tap, and uh, we're going to be doing some more things with them down the road. Um, and we're close, you know, personal friends, and um, I see what they do and how complex some of the things they do are, and um, they're definitely pushing some boundaries. So. It's it'll be interesting to see. I mean the the. Uh, I mean, just their location pushes boundaries. You it's, you wouldn't think Hazel Park, right. Michigan, nine and John R. Let's put a meter. I mean, right it here. just it, there doesn't. You go down there and it's just you just see like industrial, industrial CVS, and then before you know it, you already pass them. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 fun. I describe to my friends. I'm like, uh, and they'll be at or a lot of times I'll send people. So people will be at Livernois and they'll be like, all right, well, where else should we go? And I'm like, all right, you're going to go down Woodward Heights. You're going to stop at Urban Rest. And then you're going to keep going. You're going to go to John R. You're going to make a left. And I'm like, so Urban Rest, you know, talk to Brewer, super DIY. They're using dairy tanks. Great couple owns it. Great beer. Uh, cool vibe. Then you're going to go down, and then you're going to enter an old lumberyard, and VFW. there's probably going to be Pantera playing. There's going to be dogs behind the bar. The guys look like the four horsemen of the apocalypse. You're going to be sitting at a round table yeah. in a lawn chair. And they make delicate, really feminine, precious mead. <laughs> that you're super into, dilly dilly. Yeah. I, I, well, again, I love Sellermans, and I love they, – they had recently t- – speaking of you know feedback and Facebook feedback and reviews and stuff like at one point somebody called it like a satanic hall oh that was the best they did that um they did something some event the krampus release yeah and people were saying that they were like a ritualistic cult place i was like oh my god <laughs> well i mean it's satanic hall the e- the alter ego of scott yeah. hall that's <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I'm just no selling wow. that one and just going, <laughs> yeah. going away. On. But I mean, if, why, if you why go, haven't I've been back here in like six months. Yeah, I, I don't know. Know. I enjoy this. Well, it's funny. I've been the, a little the, busy, the, dog. The last time you were, the last time you were here, I was actually in Charlotte. I think as when I like rolled in late. Yeah. Like I'm just yeah. like, oh hey guys, yeah. I'm, I'm still part of the show. I think. <laughs> I know. I keep I keep telling Adam. I'm like, all right, we the, you need to come in. You know, you need to you know make arrangements. We got to go doing the show, and I think we'll have. Um, We've got a new project coming up um, that uh, I think you guys will be excited to well, try. You know, and and you can join the ranks of um, your soon-to-be neighbors to the south and cook up some food and bring us some food to uh, try while on the show because uh, Motor City Brew Works brought us some pizza. Oh, we were told that we we need to I'm ask. I'm not sure if they're going to be my neighbors to the south or not. Aren't they? I mean, I thought they were they opening, opening the fashion. I don't know. I haven't seen. I haven't seen much movement. Wow. I have to reach out to that one. We were yeah. told to ask you as well to dumb down your menu. So maybe yeah. a children's menu of just chicken wings and yeah. maybe hot dogs. Oh, yeah. Who said that? Dan. Oh, it was Dan. That's right. Yeah, I do. We do have a children's menu. 
And we, but just we, chicken wings, not, not chi- wings not, in coat. In kids not, menu, not chicken wings, chicken fingers. Not chicken no. shawarma wings. No, like uh, <laughs> you have like duck wings in. Uh, no, we have chicken shawarma wings, but about, they're chicken shawarma wings. Talk about duck confit. Du- yeah, the like duck that. confit. No, we, we don't confit. have like you cannot. You, you ideally can't get a well done shitty cheeseburger and some bad nachos at my place. Well, I guess that's <laughs> it's being requested. I know. I've heard a lot of that. <laughs> I mean, and, especially and, when we first opened. The, the like, what's this on, duck confit? Right. Yeah. <laughs> We have never even had a confit on the menu, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> I mean, like, like I said uh, last week, is that because uh, you guys did the, the Battle of the Burgers yeah. at, at, uh, at uh, Eastern Market yeah. and just like an amazing lamb burger. Oh, yeah. Of course, you know, my, my wife and my sister in law, they wouldn't touch it because they're like, why, why would you want to eat sheep? Sheep. Because <laughs> so, it's like, so good. Because I mean, it's not yeah. growing wool any longer. Yeah, that was we had to get we we got persuaded into that, but we took fifth. So yeah, with a lamb burger, you got you guys going to jump in this year? Hell yes! <laughs> I was going to say I was I was a little upset that I didn't walk downstairs to there. Oh, because the whole burger thing was right at Eastern Market, and since I live across the street, I could have just walked up and was, been like, "Hey, it was amazing." All that really needed was probably actually some some legitimate beer vendors. To oh, be yeah. there because basically you're paying twenty bucks. You walk in, you can eat as many burgers as you want, and of course they had so many people that they were basically. I, I don't know if it was wasn't on purpose to cut the burgers in quarters. Oh yeah, or, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, without a doubt. Yeah, so there you can so try many people yeah. more, and I mean you, you could have as many burgers as you want. It's like if you had that just that just a, a couple, <clears throat> you know. Beer taps or something there that that would have really rounded. What, it one out. of our one of our deals. It, I'm not going to speak because it's Rutterbush and those guys put that on, but we would be more inclined to do it next year because last year we we shared like we brought down a portable smoker that uh, we sh- uh, the Gregos guys used and we both yeah. used and they did beef we did lamb and it would be a, make a lot more sense if I could pour if I could pe- do some pairings. I'd like okay. to do pairings yeah. with the beef burgers from Ghost and then the lamb burgers. Now, from our wouldn't place. that be kind of cheating? A little bit. No, I, I think you guys. You're, a little you're, bit. You're, you're not only providing hey, when, when the fuel. You ask me if the... I have a fiduciary interest in my <laughs> <laughs> when, when somebody makes a peanut butter and jelly burger, I, I think that's cheating. Stop. Stop. So. Yeah, a, a pairing with a that with just a doesn't sound beers. good at all. I don't even know why that's cheating. That's like copying off the dumb kid. <laughs> yeah. Okay, but don't make it look like mine because well, you're like you heard him that he studied for an hour and you didn't. Uh, yeah. I love. Well, which one of you guys? One of you guys on your show was funny. There was a uh, we just one get, of us. We were we were getting some trolling, and I saw someone from Better on Draft was like. Was like it was, I don't. That was probably me. Yeah, I can't yeah. that response. Right, somebody was like, "I guess you don't get it" or something like that. Because someone was taking us really seriously. Oh no! So it was. I I, I thought it was on like Thrillist or it might have been um, uh, Metro Times or something. Yeah, it like might have been that. And so, because they they use Discus, which is you can sign into Facebook or Twitter or whatever right. to make your yeah. comment. So I signed into the the Better on Draft Facebook account that we have. And I remember I made some type of comment because they called you a snowflake. Yeah. Comment, and I'm just like. It's a winter beer. I'm like, when you're not making, you know, uh, up-to-date puns and jokes. Yes, and I, I just right. I just went off on this, like, two-sentence thing. I'm just like, eh, whatever. It's, uh, that's fantastic. I mean, I think we probably – we probably will do some some data mining, see what we can get our top ten trolling comments. Well, what's what's interesting about that like, too? Oh, you know oh, what we should on. do? <laughs> Dan Riley meets reads mean tweets, <laughs> or or Brewer. Oh Reed my god! Dude. Could you imagine if we get like? Oh, I can't. When it hits untapped, it's gonna be. Uh, no, but yeah. I, I think it'd be great. Like Jimmy Kimmel does his 
celebrities read mean tweets, we should sit down with brewers because a lot of them say that they do not read reviews and some of them do. But I think it would be great if we filmed brewers read mean reviews. I hate to tell you, but somebody else does that. Damn it. <laughs> yeah, they, I, I got to tell you. a great idea, but there's another show that does that. Well, we can do it better. There, there was one last week. It was funny because rarely do I engage in Untap, but once in a while – um, especially because you know we're, we're really trying to we're really trying to focus on quality and particularly shelf on the or, you know product on the shelves and especially with all these wholesaler consolidations and changes you know it's been a shit show out there right so I saw a review last week um, and it was Mother Handsome one you know one bottle cap and no explanation and I was just in a bit of a mood so I you know and and I just said hey I said looks like you didn't enjoy the experience just curious did you try it at Livernois Tap. Or did you buy uh, or at a different bar or out in the market? Because I generally want to know because there, you know, there's <laughs> wouldn't be surprised if I found some year and a half old Mother Handsome somewhere, right? Well, uh, how long has it been on the market, though? It's 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 only a year, a year old. old. Right? All right. Yeah, so. so a year and a half would be a big surprise. Sure. No, like a year, <laughs> a year and two months. It's just, a, time machine. it's just a can jacket <laughs> yeah, over yeah, like yeah. a yeah. So, so the guy, Miller Lite with right? a can sheet over it. So the guy, the guy wrote back politely. He's like, oh, I had it at, at the tap room. Just a little – a little too much citrus for my taste. And I was like, now the next big part of me is say, well, motherfucker, why did you give it a one then if it's just a little too much citrus for you, for Christ's sake? How about a barometer? I'm like, what about, what is your topical meter? Sorry. Like, can I, I one or five. Swear. Five or one. It's pretty much, I guess. Sorry, a, I just created an editing situation ed- for somebody. You didn't create any fucking editing I think situation. he, I think oh, he okay. went. He, I was going to say, we, we have to mark like everywhere we are 21 and up simply because we talk about alcohol. I mean, mm. like oh, our Facebook page cannot Seriously? be searched. Oh. I mean, what? No, no, no. Keep. I'm, keep. I'm, what is that? That's I got stout, and I've got aw. actually, I've got the the, like, the, the the new formulation of Mother Handsome, which you may not have had about a month and a half, because we did Cup. get our our source of, uh, as you guys are well aware, our source of African hops was. Absorbed was by our commandeered Anheuser Busch. Hey, got to make all that Castle well, Lager and it, Castle it, Light again, yeah. again. As the drunk chick on Rock of Love once said, "Don't threaten me with a good time." Yeah, it. Uh, I use so, that often, and I will always use that. Yeah, so, so, we, so were there? Was everyone else sober, and that was just the one drunk chick, or? Um, no, that was the drunk chick that drank too much, passed out, puked all over the place, and then she was eliminated, but she didn't go home, and she stayed. Uh, that was both episode, uh, season one, episode one and two. Believe her name was Tiffany. Um, why I know these things, it's because shit goes in my head and I just. Never I feel moves. bad. I'm. I am not. I'm not up to date on Bachelor stuff. Oh, this is like 2007. I'm, yeah. You know, I've been so out of the since I left like the entertainment business. Yeah, I'm like, I'm, I don't watch Survivor. I don't think. I mean, I'm keeping up with Top Chef for you. Though, that's it. it. <laughs> I, first of all, I can't watch Top Chef anymore. No. Padma needs to be the host and not a food critic because oh, a. I know. Stop. I like the outfits this season, though. I can't. I can't deal with. I, I quit Top Chef about four or five years. It ago. It is painful when she starts to do critical. You know work. what I really like is I like the worst cook shows because I'm a decent home cook, but it always kind of gives you like little tips here and yeah. there. So I like those. I, I like the Food Network, I've, and then they've got a new Iron Chef Showdown, which is kind of like Beat Bobby Flay. But I've, I like yeah, that. I like yeah. most of those. Do you pay attention to any of the like the the beer the craft beer shows? Okay, I gotta tell you, you guys, I I, I almost called you uh, last week to to come on and and talk about something because I I I, almost, I went into a rage. I watched oh, that shit. episode Viceland, of, right? That Viceland show. I still need to watch. It's a great. It's set in Detroit, right? 
But it's clear that it's sponsored content. You know that it's probably AB because the woman is it at is Golden, Golden Road. Golden Road, yeah, right? Owned by AB. And I got to tell you, as a you know, as someone who grew up in Detroit and someone who works in in the beer world and has seen like certain New York centric you know depictions of Detroit, you would think this is like the hotbed of African-American craft brewing culture. Like they showed, it, there was almost no white people in the first yes. 10 minutes of the episode. All these art <laughs> parties, house parties, where all the brothers and sisters are crushing keg cups. And the implication is that it's all craft beer. It's like the reverse and, of Dateline. They made it, it look like Atlanta. So, Detroit looked like Atlanta. And, and, and it's asinine. And the implication <laughs> was that these are all like, this is a craft beer scene. And I'm like, this is bullshit. Craft brewers do not talk you know, at all to diverse audiences, and they're barely scratching and, the surface. And this is horseshit. And that's that's kind of one of the things I always think about is that you know there's not a lot of you know that I see a lot of African Americans that are going to breweries and and you know going to these stores and I mean, hell other than you know hanging out with the Bruce Brothers. I mean, no, and it's and you know what things and, and and no, I mean, granted, craft beer came from a little different place, right? Than hip hop, but yeah. when when a lot of craft brewers choose to talk. Or think they are going to talk to it. They do it in a very offensive way. They have you know ghettoized names for craft malt liquors, or you know just really ridiculous stuff. And that episode, man, I, it just—I'm it, sorry, I'm probably turning red. It just pissed me off so much because I'm like, this is coming from you know working in that world, you know, mm-hmm. where you understand this is basically branded content, right? This is yeah. you know, but the way they portrayed it, and it was nice. They had that guy from—I don't know the guy from Black Bottom Brewery. And it was his son, and it was kind of focused around home brewers, yeah. and that's the the part of the gig. But if you watched it, it's just like it was just ridiculous. I mean, it's huh. it's we we once in a while, and I probably overcompensate, but you know we get we have a group of sisters who live in uh, live in Sherwood Forest, and they get together for this beer drinking group. Group, and I get giddy because I see a table of twelve, you know, black women in their forties in the mm-hmm. beer garden. And it, it it makes me really happy because I that's part of why we're there and that's part of why we picked that location. That's I'm game. part of the vibe, part of the design. <laughs> and you know, and this that episode. Have you seen that episode yet? I did. Yeah. So, um, I I was uh, waking up and it was just kind of on vice because I had saw like a clip on Facebook, um, just like a five second thing. Mm-hmm. So I went to Vice Lane because I really like the channel. Yeah. I so I, I guess. You, when I spent when I watch Vice, the reason I like it is it seems pretty neutral. I mean, right. it does lean obviously to the left, like most uh, like news sources, right. but it seems kind of independent, outside the box. Like they talk a lot about like nanotech, and when they do the oh, yeah. like th- they have a news thing just like any other thing, but it talks about things that you don't see the mainstream media covering. It's so it's fun to see it, but to the fact that. It's written by an AB show, which it's clear that it's – it seems forced, to be honest. Yeah. It, it seemed very inauthentic, and she seemed like she was reading a script about to be honest, it, notes. Yeah, because, I mean, they, then they went to Ypsilanti and drank kombucha with some random person. Probably and, Unity Vibration. No, no. no it was no. like some what? coffee maker. Yes, yeah, co- And they, they were they, homebrewing. Yeah, so they take the waste of coffee and they brew that into beer or something like that and, yeah. or cider or whatever. But it – this show basically seemed like the exact point at which a hot dog is made. Yeah. Like, not the hot dog, not the slaughter, just the forcing of meat into tubes. Right. It just didn't seem right. Like, 
Well, like it, I said, it, for, for, correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't Unity Vibration in Ypsilanti? I don't think so. Uh, you know what? This was the, the part of the angle of this the show is that they're meeting with homebrewers and then d- talking about craft beer and culture, art, music kind of thing. So the idea is that these homebrewers will in- then get to brew a recipe at her brewery, which yeah. is Golden Road, which. I have no idea if she's a television spokesman or actually is a brewer at Golden Road. Doesn't seem like a brewer, but I could be wrong. It's basically we're going to go around the country. We're going to find the best home brewers and we're going to build them to scale. And, and that's you and, know, and you know what it sounds like. Okay, branded content is it is now. I mean, it's what it, it, media companies need to do it to survive. Advertisers want to do it. Um, it's thirty minute you know. versions of the ad you see on a website that says sponsored. Yeah. Well, we used to have, you know, when, when I worked in the media business, we had these debates. We In magazines, we called them advertorials, right? And then mm-hmm. at a certain point, no one wanted to l- label things anymore. The advertisers didn't want to do it because they wanted it to be confused with your editorial. And at which point, you kind of have to put a stake in the ground. But, you know, what do I know? Because the first magazine I worked at got bought by Rupert Murdoch, and the second company just got bought by Meredith and the Koch brothers. So... You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm waiting for someone to call me and so one of my partners sold my brewery to, you know, Ted Nugent. Your, yeah, your, your cliff notes of uh, Meg Gill, who was the host. Yes. Uh, former regional sales manager of Oscar Blues, co-founder of Golden Road prior, obviously, to being bought by EB. Yeah. Cool. Well, then she's, you know. So she was like, she, she was Forbes 30 under 30 in 2014. So she's got a. So she's legit. Yeah. She I mean, she's kind of got the whole Nicole Curtis Vibe. I've of, never watched it. I just literally. Yeah, no, so like you've yeah, seen. Yeah, a little you, bit. What, she's got like Nicole Curtis meets, you know, craft beer kind of thing. Like I've seen the the Hawaii episode. I've seen a couple of them, but it just. The show just doesn't seem. Like to be when I saw the Detroit episode, I, I watched shows about Detroit from like, like Anthony Bourdain just to right. see like where does somebody from outside want to go? Right. Like so when he goes to the Packard plant and. They called it ruin porn, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. Um, but when Aunt, when this lady came, I'm like, where are these places? Like, he, he, she could have, for all I know, shot this in like damn Brooklyn. saying Brooklyn, Atlanta, like right. a part of Atlanta that I've never been to. They were at the Red Bull House of Art, um, you know, which is an That's Eastern, Eastern market. market, and yep. you know, and there's a scene. I'm not saying there's not a scene, but uh, it just was so cool. funny. It was just. Uh, it just, you know, and, and we make fun of it a lot. I mean, we've done some video stuff, and we're usually making fun of ourselves because when you get those, like, you know, the the origin videos that every brewer does or everybody does that kind of remind me of the old Maxwell House ads, you know, that, like... The best part of waking up is... Yeah, they've got that vibe. It's like everybody's flicking the lights on <laughs> for the first time. I mean, we were really inspired early on. We did this... You guys may remember, we did this video called The Art of Beer that was like a, it was a spoof. And, um, and you know, the, the guy who started it doesn't, hasn't worked for us for a long time, so we don't run it anymore. Um, but we had a lot of fun with it um, because I had seen, like, the Artisan Firewood Company. Um, and, uh, and you have a bad look on you. No, I just did not expect the malt backbone of this Mother Handsome that you poured me. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's a beast. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Dom. Yeah, uh, continue about your. Spoon. I thought maybe you were you thought you were drinking a mother handsome and it just chugged like a, a milk stout. No, so I went to grab what I, I'm like. What is this called again? Because I don't get like any hops on this. This is like an APA almost. Really? I to try that. <laughs> I don't have any herpes this week, so <laughs> this week. 
I get malt. I don't get any oh, yeah, hops. That's mother, that's mother handsome. Yeah, it's got um, – there's a little bit of stone fruit note in the hop. Um, it's uh, it's not a super fragrant. It's uh, meant to be kind of easy. I get caramel. It's dry. A little I bit. I mean, it's, it's stronger than, than it tastes. Yeah, it's definitely. This pineapple stuff is way too It's good. a little creepy. Well, you're also drinking pineapple cider. Well, no, but the pineapple cider is just ridiculous. It is really dangerous. I was going to say, I've, I've had drinks from Cellarman's that I don't like, but it's one of those, like, when I drink it and I don't like it, I can say, I can understand other people will like this. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever had a bad drink from them, just drinks that I don't like. Like, does it? Does that make sense? Like, does, oh, that, yeah. does that hit? Well, that makes sense for everybody. That's yeah. what this whole, like... Uh, oh, no, I've had beers that I could never, I couldn't even see. Like, when, when I tried, um, oh, my gosh, uh, I'm trying to think of the... The beer that we had on the show, oh, Devil Dancer. I, I was, don't. I, I don't understand how I was Devil Dancer. It and I was just like waiting for you to just say. something. I don't understand how people can like that beer Where's because that? it's Where's good. That's, that's the Founders, Founders, Triple, Founders IPA. Triple IPA. Oh yeah. You know what I had? So yesterday I went to Baffin. I, I talk about this probably too much. They have a new. Uh, it's called Mango Unchained. No, it's called uh, oh. Azeka Afron. <laughs> it's a Zaka hops. Is it really? Called yeah, it's, Zaka yeah. That's they're, it's, it's and it's it's a different style of IPA, Ooh, or the, the hops are just different because it's not dry or ju- overly dry, overly juicy. It's like a com- it's like a Venn diagram of IPAs, mm-hmm. like directly in the middle. Right. So it's dry so it's but balanced. juicy, hoppy but not overly hopped. So yeah. Do we have a break that we need? To <laughs> <laughs> we just run around. We'll just that's that, that's that. fine. Um, so one thing before we go to break, and and I guess this is more uh, kind of like a roundtable question because uh, especially for me, like I kind of got caught up in the whole situations the past year, year and a half, uh, or two years, I would say. You know, politics, response, call, etc. Yeah. Um, you know, a, as a business, we've also dealt with. Uh, responses like I just got so many negative reviews in regards to not having enough space for a <laughs> trivia event. Um, oh, the uh, the one-eyed Betty's, yeah, yeah. You know what? I I had an exchange with uh, with Shane today. It's fast. People are fast. So no one told those people life was going to be this way. Um, yeah, that I I wanted to make <laughs> that joke, but I literally said you guys came here early to secure your seats. So fuck everyone else and let's get started. Is there love life doa? Um, Did you, were you hosting that, Ken? Yeah, I hosted that. Oh man, we passed through that. Yeah, we had sister. we had fifty three oh. teams show up to play, and if you look on One Eyed Betty's page, you can actually see the waiting list. There's a there's half of the like not half eighty percent of the list says trivia, and you've got about forty names on this list, and then the non trivia people, there's still another fifteen names on the list. Oh my god! So, know, I mean, so the ones that that <sighs> waited, I mean, well, I mean, was it standing room only as far as playing? It was standing room only start. So we we were supposed to start at nine, right? It was and standing it room only at seven, seven, right? So I mean, as far people who were waiting for tables, those did. Did people who were standing there still play? Yeah, people still play that were standing. Okay. You know, it's funny. I, I, um, Shane had, um, and I were going back and forth about something. And one of the things that comes up is, is it, you know, it's an irrational situation, right? And so we, we, we got into this conversation. I've had this conversation with a lot of people about, you know, social media, particularly reviews, right? So, you know, apparently they had gotten a bunch of one-star reviews on their Facebook page. And while you try not to worry about those things, it does impact your aggregates. And, and mm-hmm. we went through that, you know, the first, like, weekend we were open is, like, 
you know, people bitching that it was hard to get a beer. We had 200 people in line. Um, you know, it was opening weekend. It's like, come on. And, you know, and you almost so, need to have fly a blimp over well, your place. And, 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 yeah. and before, before you continue, same thing happened with uh, Ascension with Adam because Adam ran out of beer and he closed. Mm. And now that that is one of the things we were like, we were pretty conscious of that. Let's let's not run out of beer. This is stupid. And good. The Velvet Elsie. Oh, we're you know what? It's a milk I'm not stout. A, Make I'm sure not you a milk pour st- some for me because I haven't had any yet. I'm not. I brought, a, I'm I brought not you even an extra crawler. Oh, good. thank you. Um, but it was one of those things where just, just pour me a glass because there's an extra crawler. We've had some weird ones where we've had, um, you know, we had a family who who had you know a last name that had something in common with our brewery, and they wanted to have. A 50, 60 person family reunion on like a Saturday at five o'clock, the first like three weeks we were open. And they got really pissed off that we we told them we'd try to do it, but we needed a deposit. Like, you know, and. Oh, that's common. So they went on Facebook and like nine family members gave us one star reviews, one after the other. And so I ended up reaching out, like private message on Facebook and just saying, hey, listen, this matters to me. This is my business. You know, and several of them changed it. And so Shane and I were going back and forth about that today. Because it it's so strange the way people are, and um, you know Yelp, you can't once it's on Yelp, you can't do anything. You might as well just send them the link to the South Park Boogers and Come episode and call it a day. Um, I I may or may not have responded to anyone who gave like a one star with a hashtag. You're not yelping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's hot right there. That's you know what that's high road right there. I took the low road, and my suggestion, you took the high road. You're not yelping. I I saw I saw a meme today. First off, I want to say two things. A, Friends is the most overrated show of the 90s. I agree. Totally. B, I'm not even going to go to B. But, Just, I mean, it, it makes for, for a very good trivia night because it's so overrated that everybody – Obviously. He had 53 teams. We, we had such hilarious we – did, we did this uh, Chinese restaurant episode dinner on the 23rd. Uh, it was a pop-up, and we basically did family-style Chinese and on Festivus. And, you know, it, it sold out in like an hour. People did really you have a poll? We did have a poll, and we had airing of grievances, and we made our own fortune cookies, which are pretty funny. Um, but we had the best part was... Fortune is, cookie porter? Uh, that's funny. <laughs> we didn't have that. There's an idea. Your next All right, fall it. seasonal. So we had the funniest conversation I had with someone, because um, uh, I had mentioned in... Uh, I did an interview with the, the news had called us and said, well, where did this idea come from? Well... You know, we were brainstorming, and one of our sous chefs said, yeah, we do Chinese for holidays, and um, the sous chef's name is Moses Fishman, and he said, we to, you know, we do Chinese, we should do that, and and so I got a call back from someone else saying, I just wanted to clarify, is your sous chef Jewish? And I said, no, the Jewish is silent. And they were like, <laughs> there was just silence on the other end of the line. His name's Moses Fishman. You know? and, and, and Moses was dying. Well, so, was dying. so that that goes back. Obviously, you know, you you have to you, you can't you can't get down on it, but you have to pay attention to the aggregate. You have to pay attention to yeah, these yeah. reviews because these reviews can dictate other people's opinions, other people's, you know, they see your latest, you know, six reviews of one stars in a row and you're like, why do they have a bunch of one stars? I can't remember the last time I looked at a place's reviews and considered it my dining experience. Well, you know, sometimes like if you're I will say like if I'm in a different city. I'll go to Yelp and pull up some stuff and look at some things, and a shame on me because I also usually go to the Eater Thirty Eight or the Hot List or different things when I'm traveling. But it is funny because, um, you know, I think what I like better about Facebook in terms of reviews is at least you have to be fairly transparent. Like your friends see who you're reviewing, right? 
So you can only act like a total asshole to a certain degree. But then like, at least on Yelp, like, you know, where you're like BL93, you can be a dude. You're and you're like, me and my homegirls went there. LOL. It was banging. The guys were hot. But, oh, that Why she have to- that chorizo, you know, blah, 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 was chorizo off the Chorizo miso soup. Yeah, Ch- exactly. Next. Next one, chorizo miso soup. There we go. I just did. I feel like I'm gonna have to write you a check at the end of this. <laughs> That's fine. Like, I, a lot meaning, of brewers feel that way yeah, after dealing with that. I, I pretty much have my tentacles to in all of to my therapist for a session, <laughs> not That's for fine. consulting. No. That's fine. <laughs> well, when, when you can hide behind these names, do you feel people get more keyboard cowboys? Not keyboard cowboys, but more honest. Do you think people maybe hold back from honest reviews no. when they have to? Okay, no. Because I think, I mean, I think you know what on Facebook, people. Here's the thing. If someone someone may has it, you know someone may have a shitty experience um, at our place, and I'll reach out to him and I no, say, "No, that's hey, for Ken. That's for Ken. I'm not going to drink it, so you can drink it." Ooh. Oh, there might be another Elsie right there. There's, <gasps> that is an Elsie, and there's another yesterday's news for you. Um, so, <laughs> hey, come on, I know my audience here. Um, and you, I was just going to ask if you want to have dinner afterwards. Oh, hey. <laughs> <laughs> He really knows his audience. He goes after the <laughs> chef for the food. <laughs> make some, make some, make some desserts for. Well, uh, we're we're gonna kind of take a quick break, kind of reset, and uh, figure out where we want to go because uh, we'll probably only have one more segment based on the conversation on how long these are going. Uh, but we'll be right back. Better on draft podcast. And we are back live, Better on Draft Podcast, episode 116. Dan Riley of Axel is still here. We are drinking beer. Well, I, I'm, I'm drinking the uh, the Velvet Elsie. That's it? Dude, that's a good. poundable beer. Yeah, but it's... Uh, thankfully, it's only 5%, because that would be dangerous. Yeah, it's uh, milk stout. Um, you know, ideally, any over, anyone over 40 gets why I named it that. Um. <laughs> Velvet Elvis photos, right? Yeah, Velvet Elvis and Velvet Elsie. Come on. I think I've, I've LC, Well, the only one over 40 yeah. is Rob, but maybe you're too old for it. Yeah, maybe. You remember the Borden's Cow, Elsie? <laughs> of Come course. On. Come on. Of course. Man, I know the Borden's Cow, Elsie. Yeah. Is, that, is that okay? Yeah. And I, and Whatever. I, and I remember his. Uh, I know her, her husband, Elmer. Elmer. There you go. Oh, the glue guy? Yes. Yeah. Got it. No, it's. Uh, it's Sorry. It's, I'm 31. Okay. Are you really that young? <laughs> Oh I'll be 32 in March. Stop it. And Ken's younger than me still. Dude, you're even younger than my wife. That's insane. Is she single? I'm kidding. <laughs> sort of. I mean, you know what I've been doing the last I mean, couple years. A, he's a brewer. Yeah, she's <laughs> single. Dude, dude. Yeah. I was, like, I was like, wait a minute. Am I the youngest person on the show? And then I realized Angela. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she, she's younger. Isn't Nick younger than you too? No, Nick's older than me. Oh. Nick's older than you. I'm gonna stop that. I'm don't, gonna don't because do I read it. some of our comment feedback, so I'm not gonna don't do go it. there. Now the yeah. Velvet Elsie, that's been my This is really been, good. That's been my uh that's been my winter drink. It's uh it's a uh, you know, traditional milk stout. Um I think we're gonna keep making this one. Um I, I, we've had a really, really great response. Um and uh we're um We've got um, on the dark beer side. We've uh, we've been a little lean. Uh, we, we're still doing well with industrial, which is that uh, double porter we're doing. And then um, at the end of the month, we we were launching um, a, a project it's called Livernoy Barrel Project. So we've been um, we've been barrel aging beers um, since just before we got into the new space. And uh, we're going to do a bottle release, uh, five hundred milliliter bottles, and we'll have some on tap. But we've the first. Uh, is a 12% imperial stout. 
in oh. some fresh dump buffalo trace barrels. And then we've got a double oatmeal coming behind that and a barley wine and rye. And then we're looking at a double noble ghost in uh, rum barrels. So, so um, he wants to know if Rob wants to know if you have a cot. That yeah. he can stay in? Maybe well, dude, a tent? Adam Beretta lives in Davison, so, I mean, Holy yeah. Shit, yeah. it's a drive. Yeah, Ooh. yeah, we, get, we have a cot. So, so, me? so Rob's going to live there. Yeah. I, I may, yeah, I may have to just take a take He may a week bathe off. in your, in your, in your tubs? No, yeah. no, 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 that just, that would be such a, such a disrespect to, to the beard. That and, and, of course, Adam will kill me because he hates any building of expectations, but I tasted the, the Imperial before it went in, and it's... Fucking gorgeous, and Oof. it's clocking at about eleven eight right now. And uh, we literally had the Buffalo Trace barrels about four days after they're dumped. So um, you know, and the oatmeal's in four roses. You know where else you can get Buffalo Trace barrels? It's mm-hmm. a tuna liquor. We can probably get <laughs> Buffalo Trace there. I don't know about barrels. I think he has a barrel. Doesn't he go buy a barrel every year? I don't know. You'd have to ask. Him. All right, it's a tuna liquor in I'm Rochester saying, Hills, just south of Rochester Road. Not to be confused with North Center Brewing. Just south, or just north of Baseline Road. Just south of Baseline Road. You know, I listen to a lot of podcasts, and I got to tell you, my personal experience is that Matt Bush's transitions for sponsors is delicate, nuanced, (laughs) and extremely delightful. Sad. Yeah. I mean, Mark Maron is clumsy, (laughs) and you are just dead. It's the reason why we lost the election in 16. Contextual relevance right there, baby. Well, it's better than just, like, cutting in the middle of the show and being like, hey, everybody. Do you know about Zatuna Liquor over well, at Rochester? I, I did cut one of those art, those commercials. Well, yeah, those, those it was hot the, fire, as Dylan would say, hot fire, hot fire, hot fire. Th- those are in the Dylan, the breaks Dylan. and stuff. But like, it would be like, did you guys know in Washington Township, Michigan, you can go to Brown Iron Brew House and try one of their oh, sixty-seven taps. <laughs> <laughs> including five of their own taps, plenty of great food, pub trivia on Tuesday nights, and a great array of tap takeovers and specialties every day of the week. Wednesdays. Check them out. Over what, what's Wednesday? You their were, tap takeovers are Wednesdays. Oh, they, they still have beer releases every other day, probably. I mean, they have 67 taps. I'm sure they run right. out. Speaking exactly. of 67 taps, Axel Brewing Company is sponsored in part by Squarespace. No, <laughs> <laughs> no, oddly enough, we're the only podcast in the world not sponsored by Squarespace. And Lagunitas. Squarespace. Axel Brewing Company, sponsored by Lagunitas. Are, 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 are you trying to tell us that you got a, a buyout by Lush? Oh, dude. You know, someone said to me the other day, they're like, if so-and-so came to you with a bag of money, what would you do? I'm like, take that bag of money. money? (laughs) Buy an island? I mean. Call Richard Branson and ask him what to do with it? Uh, Have you heard a certain song by Steve Miller? Retire again. (laughs) Are you talking about get the money and run? Damn right I am. Okay, that's. Oh, I thought you were talking about the Space Cowboy one. I would show, do that, too. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> are you the Joker, the Smoker, or the Late Night Toker? Uh, I would go with the Joker because I okay. don't smoke. That's, you know what? Is it, that is an astonishingly evergreen record for every single college student of probably like a 30-year generation. Steve Miller brand, band's greatest hits and Bob Marley's legend. Actually, you know what song is the most true and basic college song at least here in the state of michigan hmm. it's Ladies one week no it's sure <laughs> it's don't Jumble stop Bel- it's don't stop believing by journey oh, oh god because oh. every basic bitch with a bush light in her hand will stop that was and scream 
born and raised in South Detroit oh. the moment the song comes on. My, my, so my, and then they will sing Don't Stop Believing the rest of the way. So, you know, you, you'll appreciate this, Matt, because I think you probably know geography. But, I do. But, you know, I, I represent South Detroit in a, in a big Windsor. way. Windsor. <laughs> No, I was going to say that sideways D with the, the the old English looks like a W, the way you yeah. presented it. Yeah. My, my wife is Canadian. Is that, so. a, is that a Kid Rock inspired tattoo? Uh, I'm going to be honest with you. Absolutely not. Because oh, um, I remember in like. It, it is a maple leaf, uh, the maple D. My wife is a. I, I'm in a mixed marriage, mixed race I, marriage. I, I, okay. Canadian. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Canadian. Like American. I saw that before you even said Canadian because <laughs> yeah. I because you said before that she was Canadian like ten seconds right. ago and I'm like it's still funny. Yeah. It's still funny. Well, I mean, because you remember the the yeah. the uh, w- uh, they're not it wasn't the plethora of but the proliferation of D tattoos oh, yes. on the the this part of the body the forearm for the uh, only God knows why tattoo. Yeah, yeah. It was uh, it was that was every, a little traumatic for me. Every guy with a white t shirt and a beater went yeah. out and got that tattoo. Yeah, I love uh, we we you know, Roseville strong. We also used to think it was like this hilarious <sighs> Taylor, thing, bro. You know, to talk about like the whole South Detroit. There's no such thing as South Detroit, man. There's Southwest, but that's freaking Windsor. And then when the or Sopranos when the Sopranos did that thing, I'm like, oh damn it. What did they do? The, the final episode of Sopranos, episode of Sopranos. Yeah. that's what they played, and Which that was the resurgence. Don't Stop Believing? That oh, yeah. is, like, so Don't Stop Believing, mind you, uh, I used to, and when we're talking years ago, uh, I used to be like a karaoke type guy where I would go to a karaoke bar like three to four nights a week. Uh, I have a terrible singing voice, by the way. As much as I, I feel like I have a very good radio voice, garbage singing voice. So I stick to what I know, which is basically One Week by Bare Naked Ladies. But that is the sin of karaoke, is singing Don't week? Stop Believing by uh, I thought Journey. it was Freebird. No, free, I don't think I've ever heard anyone try Freebird on karaoke. So this is a hell of a karaoke. How is anybody going to do Freebird in karaoke when it's got a five-minute guitar solo? So because you, you just want to be on stage. another beer. <laughs> So, oh, stage. that's that's what I do between like the first and the second chorus of Bare Naked Ladies one week. I'm like, oh, I got like a thirty yeah, second. 30 hit. So this is a very awkward transition karaoke story, but you know the great journey story. Um, you know, Steve Perry left the band. There's all that drama. So when I was working, when I was working at People Magazine, we were at the Country Music Awards, and Journey performed with Rascal Flats. And um, is the Rascal had, Flats basically the Nickelback of country yes, music? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like 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 chubby guy with Backstreet Boys hair who's like my age. It's not pretty. Um, yeah, like, but they have let's the, find the most basic songs we can. Yep. Put a twang on them and like try to make a dollar. Yes, that is them. And they perform with Journey. And Journey had their new singer, which they found through small little Filipino dude. Yeah, and so they found him through this whole YouTube thing. So I get on the plane flying back, and for like the first time in my life, because I'm flying back from Nashville on like a Tuesday, I get upgraded. Sitting next to me is a little Asian, is Filipino a little dude? Asian dude. It was amazing. He was like the nicest guy in the whole so world. So what, what do you think is more patronizing? Journey hiring, and we're really getting off the beer topic, Journey hiring a Steve Perry lookalike and soundalike, or Queen... Hiring Adam Lambert, the Fred that was Mercury the best decision they ever made. Like. I, you know, I the, the the to me, it, this sounds bad, but like sound like a music, you know, like record store asshole. But like things we like got high fidelity. That's things all. like Queen are done. Like it, that's done. Queen is a moment in time. Freddie Mercury's Queen. It's not nothing can be Queen again. Now you can pay tribute to Queen. You can do like a tribute concert with Brian May and everybody, but you can't ever tour as Queen. You can't. 
You just can't. I mean, it's just. So do you think it's fair t- that BNL tours without Stephen something? <laughs> Stephen I, Page. So that's that's I, that's a I lot different because there was no replacement for Stephen Page. Nope. They're just a foursome now. What, really, what about I don't really talk about bare naked ladies? What about <laughs> Foreigner? Right, they lost their drummer. Leonard Skinner lost half their the band. Drummers are one thing. Freddie Mercury right. is another thing. It, it's like, how, okay. How would you feel if Dave Grohl and Chris Wasikow Novoselic Novoselic toured as Nirvana with a they wouldn't at awful, one, they, would, would, they would never do it. I would hire a hitman to kill they, them. They'd both. never do it. What if Courtney Love was a front man? No! We just killed. We just killed Dan Riley. Because <laughs> she has the rights to all the Nirvana. It, it, and you know that would never happen. Matt, you're a that bad would, person. What about Francis? Just, just. What about Francis Bean? Dude, shut the fuck hey, up. Get back to Bean. Okay. This, so if, if Francis Bean could sing, and they what wanted to do like a, like a tribute thing, no, never. No. Dave wouldn't do it. No. Never no. in a million years. I mean, I, mean, I don't know Dave. I shouldn't sound like, yeah, I but you will. know what? Dave's my homie. He would never do Seriously, that. Seriously. I mean, Foo Fighters have been a thing for almost 19 <sighs> years I, now. I can't wait. If, I, I have if to he would have done it, he would have done it by now. He's so, not going to do it. So I'm, I'm trying to remember, and obviously this might be like a post-credit info where I just text you guys. So I believe it was either uh, Lemmy's last birthday or it was some other type of major like rock event, like a rock specialty event. Uh, but uh, Dave Grohl and Kurt, uh, not Kurt Cobain, Chris, uh, Chris, Chris Novoselic, Novoselic actually did um, a reunited like two or three songs with a, a lead singer who sang all the songs for uh, Nirvana. Actually, I think and, when the didn't they use all women at the Rock and Roll well, they, Hall they, of Fame? That's induction. that's it. There you yeah. go. It was a Rock and Roll yeah. Hall of Fame. They used Joan Jett yes. and and a few others. So that I was, did see that. That was um, amazing. Go so that happened. That, that that would okay. That would make sense. Going to hall. So yeah, that was. I was like, this this happened because I just I just listened to the. I just finished. Um, Noah's a four letter word. How I failed at spelling and succeeded in life. The Chris Jericho book. Um, you mean the wrestler? Yeah, that's oh. like his fourth like New York Times bestseller. I would book, say I actually hear it. It's a pretty good book. Um, man, I don't know. Chris Irvin. What's What's great is, is that he also um uh, dictates the book too, so you can actually it's him talking as him. Did as you make the list? To, uh, the list of things. <laughs> he, he said in his book, he said that's going to be in the next book. Oh, that that whole part. Yeah. I'm going to have to agree yes. with you guys. By the way, this velvet Elsa is really crushable. Yeah, yeah I don't normally crush it. I just I, usually I don't, have one at the. The thing is, room. I don't like stout beer. I yeah. love this beer. I think 2018 is going to be the year of Matt drinking stouts. Well, we could start with the uh, the Winter Beer Fest because that's where you're going to get so yeah. many. No, Matt is Matt drives to the Winter Beer Fest. He does not drink. Are you guys going to the Winter Beer Fest this year? We're taking a pass. I mean, it, we went back and forth and we don't we have um Alliance does some select distribution for us, but just in a couple places and I don't have full-blown distribution on the west side of the state and I'm really reticent um, to, to take your very out. stable genius to the west side. You know what? I mean, it's everything, to be honest with you. I mean, Matt, you know better than anybody because you're in the distribution game. It's, you know what? We're starting to pick up a lot of momentum in, in the Detroit area. But our brand awareness, it, you know, outside of the market, in mid Michigan, we're seeing a lot of gains, partly because Adam is a mid Michigan guy. He's from there. And, you know, our distributor up there has done a pretty good job. But. You know, we you know we sell a decent amount of Mother Handsome up in Lake Traverse City in that area, but it's a lot of Michigan people or Detroit area people. Yeah. So I am, uh, 
you know, I, I just Grand Rapids is a tough market. Um, I don't want packaged beer rotten on shelves, and Dude. and I just don't know if it's worth it. Well, here's a, here's a thought. I mean, you're really into big. You're really into collabs. You just talked about Selman's yeah. about an hour ago. Have you ever thought about reaching out to any of the Grand Rapids brewers and doing a collab to at least maybe get some name recognition? Out there? Yeah. Like, I mean, you're probably not going to do a collab with Founders, but no. We, you know, we've talked to, uh, we've actually, uh, we we've talked a little bit with Haymarket, you know, who just built a new production facility. They're a Chicago brewer and they're in the Bridgman area, um, you know. Um, but we haven't done anything that serious. Um, like, what about? Um, you know, Atwater just moved to Grand Rapids, didn't they? Yep. What if Atwater and you guys did a collaboration for their Grand Rapids location, kind of like two East Side boys going out west? I mean, it sounds like is that like a boss, like a two good old boys I, like, doing no know, harm? I like almost, a, for some reason I was thinking Duke's East End girls for a second there. I almost feel like, um, I, and when I kind of I, I looked at the Atwater reception a little bit in Grand Rapids as a bit of a cautionary note for oh, us. Okay, well, you know, like like because. You know, there's a certain, you know, we've got a certain the Detroit city vibe, you know, and a certain cred that um, may not translate. And I kind of want to earn it. I know that sounds nice. Is naive. there a soccer team in Grand Rapids? Yeah. They, they're not. They're a little weak. Um, so do they play the DCFC, though? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, there, there you go. Maybe. maybe. So we were talking about this earlier, and it came to me, but I held this thought within. They have food trucks, right? Why yeah. not a brew truck? Where you just roll up with an axle, you got taps in the back. It's like an ice cream truck. You just pour beer out and dude, go you to sound town. like you sound like one of my partners. I mean, it's uh, if it, if it was legal, we'd be all over. Uh, you know, um, all I know is it's only dude. illegal if you get caught. I've got a, uh, I've got, and a, it's uh, only illegal if you charge for it, right? Right. If you literally hand beer out on the street for no cost, it's but you can't give alcohol away for less than what you paid for it. But you're 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 not selling it. So you're you, you can do it. I mean, it's your liquid. You can do with it what you will. I've got this. I've got a, a 1961 Airstream Airstream place. Bambi two sitting behind the building of our soon to be vacated old production building that we've desperately wanted to uh, renovate. And why don't you make it look like a Mother Handsome can or something like that? You know, we've we've thought about that. Um, and uh, but uh, we probably will use that more for beer festivals and special events. I don't know. You could do it like the Booty Lounge and call it like the, the Booty Lounge. <laughs> you don't remember the Booty Lounge? Well, I was going to say, you don't remember the Booty Lounge? I know. I do remember the Booty Lounge. I just did not expect him to actually break that out. I don't know. Booty Lounge. I was going to say, we talked about it like a month or two ago That's when we were just, walking over to the tailgate. Yeah, it, just, it just threw me off because I'm like, Really? He just came from that? The Booty Lounge? <laughs> you guys don't know you don't know what the Booty Lounge oh, was? No. So the no. Booty Lounge was a <laughs> mobile describe. strip club that they oh. would park at Lions games. Oh. And yeah. t- during tailgate you would go to the Booty Lounge and get a, a lap dance. It basically was just like a, a, a renovated it was a strip club in a renovated school bus. That is a that is a very smart business. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And well the the, the the thing that made it great was uh, Channel Seven did a, a news report on it. Oh, of course. And there's this straight laced, proper woman reporter, and she's like the Booty Lounge. Oh. <laughs> so there's this, yeah, it's yeah. it's perfect. It's it's, it's the booty so lounge. what uh, what do you guys what kind of beers are you guys loving these days? Do you have what what have you been? That's the funny thing. Thinking? We never really talked about you know beer. Twenty seven. <laughs> no, we talked about beer. Obviously, we didn't talk about beer enough. I don't think. <laughs> Uh, but we didn't really talk about what our our top beers from last year were. Yes, we did. It was a like five question. It, it, I saw you guys had some of that massacre from Wolverine out here earlier. 
Oh, that was just the just the. Carrier. Oh, just case. I've enjoyed yeah. a few of those. Just yeah, yeah. Carrier, Massacre yeah. Massacre has always been one of my favorites. Um, obviously, at the end of the year when uh, Griffin Claw does the Flying Buffalo series, mm-hmm. um, I've pretty much. I've got a bottle of every one that came out this year, with exception of Krakatoa. I I probably would have enjoyed it it if they kind of scaled back on the spices a little bit. Mm-hmm. It was just it was just way way too hot. Uh, but that the chocolate and raspberry actually for me kind of surpassed the Great Lakes. That's the one I got, diet. right? That's the one I gave. That's you? the one you gave. Me. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome. How That's about you how me. about have you guys have you guys uh, had any oyster stouts? In oyster the last couple stout? Years? Yeah, I'm like not oyster, oyster like a shellfish. Yeah, yeah. oyster stout. I am not an oyster person, so I would. Not I, I mean, I'm an oyster, but I've not even heard of oyster stout. No kidding. Really? Yeah, we're um, we uh, we've been toying around. We've been uh, the guy owns Voyager and approached us about whether we do one. So I've got right now. I've got like. Couple hundred pounds of uh, oyster shells frozen at the brewery, and we're gonna brew one probably in the next month. Um, traditional uh, East Coast, some Baltic states, they got a little briny kind of salinity to them. We're talking like Lithuania, where the balls are. Uh, I don't think Lithuania, but some Baltic I mean, porters. Uh, there's a famous Irish one called Porterhouse. Um, Half Acre and Three Floyds did one called Mutiny and Mollusk, but Flying Dog did one. Yeah, with, with a, the Flying Dog name, with a pearl necklace. Yeah. Right? Yeah, something stupid. So yeah, we're we. I don't think anybody in Michigan's done one. We 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 are going to play around with one, and we've got a couple of raw bars. Like, have you been to Voyager in Ferndale? So I actually live in Tickler Shore. So I mean, oh, okay. I'm always on the water. I actually, funny story. I went to I don't even know what the place is called Brownies Watermark, whatever yeah. the hell the place yeah. is called. It, we were, it was literally the first weekend they were open because it was like April, May ish. Right. Um, and I, we got, you know, got the oysters, wanted, you know, it's always nice to have fresh seafood right. on the water. And literally, poorly cra- or poorly done, weren't clean. And then they came back. I say, hey, how, you know, how was the food after spending, you know, $25 on an, on- or on an appetizer of oysters? You know, they, you know, they weren't shocked properly and they, they were a little bit grainy. Okay, and then literally moved on to the next Ugh. table, which the place was empty. It might have been at ten percent capacity. <laughs> you, you tell the manager who comes, you know, it's usually oh, if something's wrong, we're gonna get gonna you a drink. It, right? But did you get picked up by good. a cougar I got, I got and nothing. a powerboat? Something to comp it. Uh, it was too early for <laughs> a go to check out uh, check out uh, the Voyager and Ferndale. They do a happy hour where they have dollar oysters, and they're really really good. See the thing, and is, you can get an axle long cut on tap while I you're don't there. Get, I do not <laughs> understand why inland places have. Raw seafood. It just doesn't. It's like Kmart having a nice, like an Armani suit on the rack. It doesn't make sense. Oh, but like brownies does because they're getting oysters out of Lake St. Clair. <laughs> but at least you can like <laughs> trick yourself into I mean, seafood. See, you know, there's the sea. <laughs> no, I do. The thing is, I remember Arr, the oysterman coming in enough <laughs> to Harper Avenue. <laughs> no, I remember. Um, kitchen nightmares when Gordon Ramsay would go into restaurants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he went into Jack's and literally like, oh, yeah. screamed at them like, "You will literally have the freshest fish out here. Yeah, you have bags of frozen yeah. Costco cod, <laughs> and you can't even make it properly." <laughs> Wasn't that where he uh, he went and actually fished himself and made his own food? At I one think point? he did. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember. But there was probably a, a gas slick right above the water that he pulled it out of oh, my because God. you know hashtag Lake Saint Clair. Yeah. Well. What do you, What do you guys What do you guys think about? The the Michigan beer environment. You think there's a a saturation, a tipping point? You think 
So what do you, what do you Damn, you're see? like a, you're like a fourth host. We should have him <laughs> on more often. I don't know. I'm just I'm curious. This is the second time he's emergency subbed when, yeah. when things have happened. It's not what, what, emergency the, goaltender. Remember the last? Well, there was one time. Like I think twice I was supposed to be on with Andrew Blake. You know. And both time, I'm like, and he never showed up. No, he never showed yeah. up. Thanks, Balake. Yeah, AA Ron the whole. AA Ron. So, so, so I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the first one on this right, one just ahead. because. So, what I've learned in 2017, one, um, I I think there is a oversaturation in regards to the uh, shelf life tap space everywhere within the entire because now everything I be, think is becoming hyper local. I don't think you're going to see your Axel, your Griffin Claw, uh, etc. in 12 to 20 tap houses over in Grand Rapids, 12 to 20 tap houses in Traverse City, 12 to 20 tap houses in the UP. You're going to get the big dogs, Bells, um, Founders. Founders, New Holland, um, Arcadia. No, I don't even think Arcadia at, at this point. Yeah, you're, Arcadia's dead. You're, uh, no, they're not dead. Um, I, I think the the saturation is that that's where the first saturation is that that tap listing. Yep. When you have 60, 70, 80 taps, like if you go to Kalamazoo Beer Exchange or Washington Township for Brown Iron, or you go to these these big beer houses, you're not worried about it. It's going to happen. That's that's where you're going to get your distro and your footprint to a lot of these cities too. Yeah. Yeah. But going to these shelves, beer stores. I'm seeing a lot more shelf space become created for beer, for Michigan beer and beer uh, brought in from other states. Like if you go to Meyer, you go to Kroger, you go to all these places, they didn't have that shelf space. They had it, right. but it was for other stuff, not even Budweiser it's products. Pop. It's for wine. Yeah. 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 I mean, so, Beverage Warehouse up in Traverse City, I think half the store now is craft beer. A year ago, most of it was wine. And, and and we talked about the the warehouse, the place over in in Kentucky, yeah, in yeah party source, party source, and how they can try to turn that much beer into the point where if they're buying too much beer, they got to sell beer for way less than what it's worth because yeah. you were talking about you know I bought I bought those nine ladies dancing bombers for four dollars from right. you yeah I and mean, those are they have so much space. Are, are you doing to the four dollars or the nine ladies dancing no no I'm just doing to the like I mean literally I uh, you go into any even especially bottle shops and and you, there's you know there's two year old bombers from Perrin like sitting on the shelves and these are places well the worst is remember remember back in twenty fifteen to twenty sixteen I believe when all the pumpkin craze happened and then twenty sixteen to twenty seventeen and nobody bought pumpkin <laughs> and all these things were just sitting on shelves yeah. like the these ebbs and flows you're it's it's going to hurt to where people are going to start carrying more of what sells. And less of the fads. So yeah. I'm going to go in a new and different direction. I think the craft beer scene is 100% dependent on the millennial generation. If you go into a craft beer bar, and I'm sure yours as well, about 80% is going to be your millennial. And I think it's working now because a lot of millennials, myself included, have have disposable income. Mm -hmm. But as soon as millennials, I mean, it goes till like 96, start procreating, having kids, and no longer having the free time to go to your local pub, go to your local, local tap house, and they have soccer practice, dance recitals to go to, I think that is going to signal the bursting of the craft beer bubble. I think it's going to shrink probably by a third at least. 
And I think the places like, unfortunately, St. Clair Shores that has three breweries is going to have one. And places that, you know, like the city of Detroit that have 12 breweries, Mm -hmm. they're going to have less because millennials are going to leave. Who knows what the uh, what they're now calling the I generation right. is going to want to do? I mean, they're obsessed with their phones. They won't leave their houses, and so my thought <laughs> no, no, my thought is by roughly, let's say twenty one years after nineteen ninety five would be twenty 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 six twenty one years after nineteen ninety five. Yeah, is twenty sixteen. Okay. So tw- I'm going to guess by 2021, about a third of the craft beer tap rooms are going to close. Mm-hmm. I'm going to guess that half of the beers that are distributed will no longer be because they have tap rooms and distribution. And what's going to happen is a place like Griffin Claw, which is great liquid, maybe not Griffin Claw, but they're going to say we can either maintain inside our house, we can sell beer, we can bring them in. Or we can sell beer, but we can't do both. So I think there's going to be a retraction of beer in the market where it's going to go back to. I, I think you're seeing it already. If you look at the better on draft beer map and you turn on closed breweries. Well, I think it's because a lot of breweries were jumped at the bubble. They jumped at the chance of getting out there, kind of like a Lycos did with the the online bubble. Like all these companies said, oh, we can do a something.com. And I think everybody with a all grain starter kit said, I can make a brewery like your Thumb Coast or Quay Street or whatever you want to call it in Port Huron. Well, Quay, yeah, Thumb Coast bought Quay Street and then they closed. Well, my thought shows. is, I think a lot of people think, hey, you know, I can quit my shitty yeah, but job. Thumb Coast, Thumb Coast was open in the 90s. Thumb Coast is an old brewery. So my, well, my, well, I understand what my you're saying. My premise is, I think bad, everybody, bad everybody in like Copper Canyon. Okay. Yeah, even older. My thought is a lot of people thought, hey, I have a shitty job. I can brew beer. I can do it. I can do it professionally. Yeah. (laughs) Shit wreck. But um, and then they realized not everybody's just going to go to to a brewery. They're going to find a decent brewery. So it's going to small down. And I think there's going to be a lot of places that distribute um, that say we can either distribute and or we can have a house. And I think they're going to get smaller and I'm sorry but I think in tw- in the 2020s it's going to be back to macro loggers and under budget loggers in part because I think it's going to be back to the $20.30 pack as opposed to the $20 four pack. So you think that that whole 6,000 breweries that we have is going to cut down to maybe what three maybe half? Uh, well, In Michigan I think we're going to go from 300 to probably 200. And think, probably it's. I think it's going to be a quick concept. I think, it's I think a couple you, of years before I think, it. I think you both. You both. You guys make pretty salient points. I mean, what I what we see. What I see a little bit at ground level is the distribution marketplace is a mess. I mean, it, it is skewed again. There's so many things coming in the market. We know that like places like Stone, some of the outside breweries are not investing in. You know, not investing in brewery reps in a lot of these markets. They're only focused on chain store distribution because that's where the money's at in terms of package. Um, they deliver now. Yeah, and the reality is, I think the, I think there's there's a a well crafted community brewery, um, and the margins game is so different in your own tap room that you you keep it focused there. You'll see can releases, bottle releases. Um, from our standpoint, I'll be honest with you, like. You know, we put way too much canned product out in the marketplace. 
that languished. And I've bought back way too much beer in the last couple of years because we didn't want poor quality shit out there when we didn't have enough brand awareness. And so, um, you know, we've been focusing a lot on draft, um, a lot of the product we've been brewing at Livernoy. And, you know, what's, what's funny is, and this keeps me up a little bit at night, Matt, is that our, our audience and our guests are a pretty bizarre cross-section of young families, people in their 30s and 40s. Um, we, if, if anything, Kids if with had, mohawks kicking my ass in cornhole. That's true. If, if My son. <laughs> if I needed one, if I had one thing we do think about is, is we don't have – we don't really get the millennial beer release crowd. Um, part of it is just, you know, the, the food's a little more sophisticated. The experience is a little different. Um, <laughs> I'm just laughing at Dan. <laughs> da, da, you know, the food is most of it. Dan, Dan's definitely Gen X. So. Yeah. So it's um, – but then again, you, you, like we have a ton of young women, in, millennial women, who are, are go- getting in there for the food. And Somebody then give me some the of the beers. mother handsome, by the way, because I never got any. And it's – so we're seeing like a lot of young women who – you know, where food is like the new thing. Like that is their uh, – that's their new weather. Food's they a talk vehicle. about restaurants. They yeah. talk about things. And so we're getting them into different things. So, But we don't have – like we haven't necessarily relied on, you know, the bottle releases. We're doing a little bit more of that. I mean, and that's been my like – that's been the thing that I go back and forth on. Like we didn't do a lot of conventional like brew pub or tap room things at first. Like we – you know, we got a lot of heat because we didn't fill crowl- or growlers. We only do crowlers, Right. We don't sell growlers. We don't fill growlers. We don't deal with people bringing in 12 dirty growlers in the middle of service. Um, we don't have a mug club. Um, we're looking at, like, some sort of a loyalty program. But I look more to, like, what is Modern Times doing? You know, I don't necessarily look at, like, what is Dark Horse doing? Can I ask you a quick question? Yeah. So having been slightly in the restaurant industry, I know that typically the margin on food is about 60%, right? Typically, in an average kitchen, you have thirty percent is is cost, you know, for food, and then you you mark it up, you know, labor and, and expenses. So, you, for a restaurant, typically you're working at a sixty percent margin. What is your typical margin on a beer? Like, if you so, so if you're that a bit of the misnomer about the food side, like if you're operating and you're doing like we do everything from scratch, right? Right. And if you're operating, um, you know, at thirty percent food costs, you know, you're you're doing pretty well. Um, the labor cost side is pretty intensive, though. And so, you know, without getting into like you know the dynamics of our business plan, um, you know, food is not a huge profit center at all. Um, so, do you profit more from beer then than you? do Oh, from absolutely, food? absolutely. So, food you use food is more of a vehicle to get people. In yeah, the, you know what? It's it, it, it's it's the experience. For another beer. I mean, not to be you know, uh, not to be overly cliche, but there's you know, I got a, a painting of Jim Harrison and a quote that hangs in the tap room that says, "The answer is in the entire story, not just a piece of it." And for me, when we launched, we we bought something. We were distributing. We had a piece of something. We didn't have a brand. We didn't have a sense of place. We didn't have an experience. And so for me, if I'm going out and I'm, you know, I'm 49, but I have a six-year-old, you know, and and so in my early 40s and a lot of my friends, if we're going out, you want you want really good beer. You want great food. You want good music. You want a good vibe. I give a shit about design and aesthetics and things like that. Um, and so we wanted the whole thing, you know. So yeah, it is definitely it's a vehicle for uh, the the margins on the beer are are good when you're making your own beer. 
Um, they're not quite as great as everyone assumes they are. When you have massive scale, they are. And it's certainly a whole lot better than distribution, as you know. I mean, you know, we um, – you know, what we sell a case of beer to at a wholesaler is almost laughable relative to what it ends up at the shelf on. And we, because of the cost of packaging, we, we make almost nothing on what we can. Um, and at the tap room, our yield per barrel is a lot better. Um, in the same token, the experience at Livernoy um, draws people to the brand. Excuse me. I just, you know. Burped into the microphone. Exactly. I, did. I just burped into the microphone, man. Um, so Our editing team it, won't do anything about it. <laughs> you know, it's all part of that thing, you know. And, um, you know, it's it, – it, you know, we've had – you know, we've had the 40th surprise birthday parties. We've had marriage proposals. We've had – you know, we're starting to have those milestone moments in the neighborhood we're in. And so for me, <clears throat> yeah, the beer is really important. Um, but the whole experience is really important if we're going to have any staying power in a really changing, you know, industry. So you're good at stories. I think we're about to wrap – no, we got a little no, more time. I, I, wanna, I want you to tell us the most rewarding moment you've had since you've been at Livernoy. Like, what has been the moment at Livernoy when you, you felt the warmest? Like, when you were like, you know what? This is why I'm here. Like, this is the antithesis of what I want. Obviously, it's when the owner of Better on Draft showed up for brunch one day. Absolutely. <laughs> now, it, you know what? Um, uh, I will say, you know, because I'm not one – not a big victory lap guy. I'm always stressed. I'm always, you know, I'm always looking behind me at things. And, um, you know, the lead up to opening this place was was tough. I mean, it, it was difficult for me because, you know, I, I knew what we were doing. And I, especially after Adam came on, I knew what the liquid was like. But it's painful to walk into a count and be like, oh, yeah, you guys had those cans exploding. And, and you're like, that wasn't us. That was a whole different company. That was somebody different. Go fuck yourselves. And um, having to hear that and and know what we went through, um, and I'd say I think it was the second weekend we were open. You know, the first uh, you're weekend, talking you're talking tap room or you're talking the tap room. Okay. And the first weekend we were open, it was a blur and it was really fun, but it was crazy. And the second week we were open, I think it was Sunday. And uh, on Sundays I play a lot of soul and funk music, and um, you know that's the one thing I still do. I program every hour of music at the tap room myself. Um, no algorithms, you know, all, you know, custom hand curated. And, um, and so I was, so you were you fucked know, up. Yeah. It was just a, uh, it was one of those moments. It was perfect light in the beer garden. It was a good Sunday afternoon and I'd been, my, my parents were in and, um, you know, my dad's a retired, retired Detroit fire chief, you know, and he used to, uh, run at a firehouse down at Livernois and, uh, and seven mile and, you know, and nobody grew up in the hospitality business and, you know, no one really gets the beer business. But they were there. There's a group there. And I was kind of just stressed but in a decent mood. And I walked outside and the sun was coming down. I looked out at the beer garden and no shit. There was like, you know, a table of like 10 black women, you know, drinking, carrying on. Um, and next to them was this table of bears um, from Ferndale. And it was hilarious. And then there's like table of hot girls next to them, couple families, bunch of high chairs out in the in the tap room. You know, um the music was great. It was just and I looked out and I'm like, okay, this is the most diverse mishmash of human beings probably sitting in any beer garden in in the state of Michigan right now. And that made me smile. I like that made me feel really good. That's one of those few moments where I'm like, I'm really proud of what we did here. Give me a quick just map. How long was Axel around before the tap house opened? 
So we launched in like October of 15. Um, and then uh, we bought that building and I think we closed on it in March, started demo in June of 16. And then we opened uh, June 3rd of 2017. So, I mean, I literally, I started working with, with those guys in June of 2015, which seems almost unbelievable. Um, cause well, it's that's, been like it's, two and a half years. It's so weird just because we, we started the show in October of 2015. Yeah. And, uh, like how how we've matched because you were in our original studio, which we were only there for five months. Yeah, yeah. So having you on there, you were fresh as can be. So what makes a lot more sense in regards to the conversation we had at that time, simply because I think Dan brought a, a um, oh god, well a brick. Yeah, and I'm like, mm-hmm. he's like, yeah, I just found this on the shelf, and we were glad it didn't explode. Yes, that too. I oh, God, I remember that. I so. Mind you, Brick was one of my favorite beers at one point. Spoiler alert, it's okay. I, I loved it. I, I loved that's the. Why, that's why you have this on the that's, table. Yeah, that's, that's why the Rochester Red I haven't touched yet. Because I believe it's the exact same thing. <laughs> so, um, with that in mind, like Dan and I, you know, we would always drink it to the point when we were hanging out. That was a thing we always knew to buy each other or buy right. for, the, for the night. And. I remember Jack over at Zatuna Liquor, one of our sponsors, great guy, refused to sell me any of the brick because it exploded in his cooler. Yeah. And he's like, I ain't selling this to anyone. And I'm like, dude, I don't care. I'll drink it. He's like, nope. I will shotgun it through a, through a bong right now. I, I, and that's, I think that speaks wonders for Jack as much as I really wanted that beer and he knew me very well and he still wouldn't sell it to me just because obviously quality control and making sure everything's good. Um, but with Axel itself, I, I toured the, the Delamere, the, uh, plant itself. I went with uh, the group from Thomas McGee's. Mm-hmm. Uh, they showed up. Amazing, uh, amazing little production facility. Like mm-hmm. we walked in, it was set up. It wasn't elaborate or anything like that. No, that was but, probably yeah. I mean, that was pretty early on. I had been there maybe a couple months when you guys did that thing, and I wasn't there that. Yeah, you were not there that day, right. or I would have probably known and ran into you. Right. Or I might have messaged you and be like, "Hey, I'm here. Are you here?" Yeah. yeah. Um. And that that was a great little tour that we had over there and going into the walk-in cooler and uh, the person was very nice asking questions. I think you guys just got your canning line in there at that time too. Yeah, probably. Um, the, like the 16-ounce canning line. So yep. we saw like the pallets of 16-ounce cans. Yeah, we have um, But watching Axel grow has just been amazing because it just seems so um, organic. It doesn't seem forced. And I think that's what speaks a lot to you guys in regards to the fact that you you basically purchased equipment. You didn't purchase a brand. Right. You purchased equipment. You, no, we did not purchase a brand. I you can know, echo that. You know, as as much as people try to compare, you know, the the Axel IPA to Axel the brand, um, there you literally just purchased the equipment. Right. And I'm like, you know, the the beer is good, but again, you didn't force yourself into the marketplace. You didn't really like because there there's comparisons you have people who don't do distro like you got ascension who's been open for a while right. they don't do yeah. distro they just do in-house and then you have roke who is just like hey we're going to go to distro first before we even remember you're on camera folk <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if you noticed this I'm camera kidding. sitting next to me for the entire time I'm kidding um i d a g f but but with that in mind you know 
it it just seemed very organic. Like Livernoy Tap, it's going to open when it opens, not by this date. It's right. going to open on our time, on our way. And I think like taking the time, getting the beer, getting the chef, getting the menu, getting the site. I, I think that's what makes Livernoy Tap so well and so good. Um, and I think that's what draws a lot of people over there too. Is, is that it's not. It, it it has the Ferndale feel without being Ferndaley. Yeah. Like it doesn't have that upscale. Is that a cousin of Carson? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's funny you say or John that. Fern. I, I see what you did be, there. Be, one of the things I I've felt is it you know because we don't have like I, I I never had Zach you know and Mary Topinski's origin story where it was like just pure like 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 sweat you know and bootstrapping. I mean you know. I came from a different business and, you know, my partners were well capitalized. Um, you know, we bought equipment. And and what I did feel is that, you know, we could have taken a couple different routes. But, um, you know, once Adam came on board, ultimately the product had to be right. And, you know, we had to tell our story from a sense of place. So um, I appreciate you saying that because I think there's other people who would think that we were totally manufactured. You know, I'm, I'm fundamentally a marketing guy. You know, so it's like, is it? Is, you is don't this, say. Yeah, is this an aberration of, you know, a marketing guy and some people with money? Um, and the reality is that was never, it's never of interest to me. Much to chagrin of some of my investors because I don't think we wanted to like jump the shark hard fast. But I'm glad you see that. Well, well, again, if you jump the shark fat, you. With Roke, and I, I think we talked about it literally to John Leone when he was here, um, Roke was a shit show when they opened. Oh, yeah. I mean, they um, went full wide distribution. Well, well no. Because, no. I mean, they, they weren't. When the it, second that Blow, Blow Your, Your Face, Face Out came out, right. that entire production, beer, um, Everything maybe changed. not necessarily the service there, because uh, I still haven't had good service there, except yeah. for, like, bar service. Bar service, good. Food service, not that, so much. I think the problem with Roke is the fact that it looks like, and from the I've heard this it looks from bougie? No, the six pack carriers look like somebody let their fifth grader play with MS word Paint. art or MS Paint, <laughs> and they just said, "Cool, let's go with it." Because like, like, oh, you're talking like, okay. like the inside of the brewery, about other breweries. like like the inside of the brewery That's looks more for. fancy than what the actual six pack carriers. Are. Yeah. To be honest, sorry, I, Matt. I'm opening this crawler. And, and granted, news. you know, I was going to send you home with it, but now you'll just have to come to the tap room. I can put it in my. I, I need to get my ass over to the tap room, it's especially nice. Sunday, because I, 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 I need to. They were, know, the, they were the origin of the first name that beer. Brunch, man. Brunches. So, so Dan and I, we we might have discussed it a hundred odd episodes ago. What got you into going into beer? Because you weren't. <laughs> Beer. Yeah, how do you go from Essence I mean, you're, magazine you're, to craft beer? <laughs> Just to be fair, Essence was only a small part of my job, but <laughs> how do you go um, from? But it was there. So I, 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 I spent. Uh, so I spent <laughs> quick version of it. <laughs> oh, hold on. Do you know any others before we continue with the story? Soul Source Double XL. So I was. I don't know. Uh, wow. So I was the publisher of the source. That's how I got the essence. No, I'm just kidding. Benzino. <laughs> That's why I'm cultivating this new Suge Knight look for the new year. <laughs> um, Without the jail sentence. Yeah. Good job. No, I am. Um, Where's the I, bracelet handcuff? You know, I my path is a is a pretty odd one. Um, I was, uh, you know, I worked in local media here for a little while in my 20s, and then I caught some very good breaks. I worked for National Geographic, and then I went to Time Inc. and was there for about. 15 years, I started People Magazine, and then 
worked on Entertainment Weekly and the style brands TMZ. in style. Never worked with TMZ, but we owned tight TMZ at the time, which was weird because Is TMZ even a thing in Yeah. I mean it was a it was uh you know, we TMZ was launched out of our Warner Syndication Group. And Did it was TMZ all like just start because of like Paris Hilton like at one no, point? No, it was it was it was a little more calculated, but uh so I worked in that space and then um Eventually, I managed all, all of the style and entertainment brands, which included the multicultural brand. So I got involved with Essence and the Essence Music Festival. And my team was the one who like built the, the underwriting sponsorships for Essence Music Festival. So spent some time in New Orleans uh, doing that. And then, um, and then in 2014, they were spinning my division off from Time Warner. I had a clause in my contract that allowed me to kind of take my ball and go home. And um, my son was three, and I spent a lot of time between New York and L.A., and it just wasn't, you know, Fulfilling. wasn't doing great and right. uh, with my family. And, um, and you know, truthfully, they paid me for a couple of years, and I just couldn't compete in commercial media. So I started a consulting firm. I did some work with NPR and a lot of nonprofits. I uh, worked with NPR Music and WDET. And an old friend of mine who I had served on a couple charity boards with is a real estate investor involved in some private equity, some different businesses, um, had been approached by a beer wholesaler and somebody else about a distressed brewing asset, and they made it seem easy. And so these guys acquired the assets of Milking It Productions, kept the brewer and a salesperson on initially, and after a few months they were like, Jesus, this is probably more complicated than we realized. And I happened to have a meeting with this person about something else. Actually, I was soliciting a major gift to help rebuild the music studio at WDET. And the conversation started like, hey, you know, you do this consulting, you do a little bit of everything, can you help us out? And then it became a larger conversation like, you know, do you want to go back into media? Because my non-compete was up. So I was talking to, you know, different media companies and um, and I was like, you know what? Very persuasive. Um I knew that there were some challenges with the with the personnel and the and you know the building itself and the liquid, but um, and I and I love crap beer. I'm also a wine guy. I'm a foodie, and um, and uh, I thought, all right, well, fuck it, let's give it a whirl. And then, um, but my one condition was that I had creative control of the branding elements, um, the look, the feel, um, and that I got to basically find a building very quickly to relocate the bulk of our production and to open a tap room. Because I was not opening a tap room at uh, 14 Mile and Delamere off of Coolidge. <laughs> um, Shit. So, Next you know, to Meyer. Yeah, <laughs> right. so that wasn't happening. So Comcast. Um, Actually, it, you know what? That would have been a great place because there's a Comcast place right there. Yeah. So it's come Comcast get fucked by Comcast, it's now. get drunk, right? yeah. or get drunk and then go get fucked by Comcast. It's closed now. So, yeah, it was it, it was a, it, a very unlikely path. Um, I f- do feel like a... Uh, a sore thumb sometimes in the beer world. Though I've had similar conversations with like Tony Grant, who's the CEO of Northern United, and the guys who own Haymarket in Chicago, and they they feel similarly. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I wanted to do something working in the community, and um, it, it's been an odd transition because I'm not a brewer, I'm not a supply chain guy, I'm not an operations guy. So I've had to rely on other talented people and trust them quite a bit. Well, I mean. Speaking per- candidly, I I hadn't known of Axel prior to really meeting you. I mean, I I, I sold against you guys for quite some time, and right. it seemed like a hey, thanks for joining us. If you close that, um, but it it seemed like uh, uh, 
you know, Axel was always a, a quick handle to, you know, uh, you know, take off when you were selling to a bar or yeah. Uh, Axel was an easy target to find on the shelf space if you wanted it better. To, you know, you could always reset the shelf if Axel was on I think the door the is just off its hinge. Yeah. But, I mean, the liquid you brought here, um, like I said, I don't usually drink stop beers. I think that's something I only recently started with Eastern Market guys. Um, but the stout's amazing. Um, the Yesterday's News, it's I wouldn't even call it a New England IPA. I, I think it's something completely different. It is. I think it's just like um, – it, to be honest, it's it smells news. like strawberries. It was the weirdest thing. I was, I, I felt confused. Like my nose and mouth were telling me With, without <laughs> sounding like a, a pretentious ass. And Max Birnbaum, who, who's the GM of the Green Space, and he's a he's a Vermont native who's friends with like the guys at Hill and Lawson's, and it, it's 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 a Green Mountain IPA. I mean, we we looked at Hetty and we looked at you know we looked at those beers mm-hmm. for inspiration. We were not looking to do a treehouse or right. a field work or no. I could, I think, I could see that. Yeah, like yeah. I think you're carving a very unique space because so many places right now that we've we've had on, they run from having a food program, like brewers wise. They and what do you take in? It's they, a pain in the balls. Don't get me wrong, but, but you got you got to do it. There, there's a pl- there's a place in beer for food. And so many people run from it. But the fact that you're not only putting food, but you're putting out, like, gourmet quality, high-caliber food, which is something that nobody else does. Like, if you go to a brewery and they have food, it's your flat top, your right. fried, your whatever. But you Unless could eat- also if you're Brewery Vivant. Brewery Vivant's got damn they, good food. They've got the duck confit nachos. Right. Or if you go to McKellar bars in any part of the world, or half of the new tap rooms. Well, in my San thought Francisco, is you could as, you could as equally be a restaurant that sells beer or a beer a brewery that sells food. Mm-hmm. It's see like mm-hmm. you don't see that very often. You're you're creating a niche in the market where it's hey come for the food, stay for the beer. Equally as come for the beer, stay for the food. Yeah, which again, and I that don't... that was the goal, Matt. And to be honest with you, it's one. I get second-guessed on a lot. I mean, my partners sometimes are scratching their heads. Other people are because we don't fit as easily. And, um, you know, that was the objective because, I, you know what, I'm not going to compete with founders right now on Liquid. You know, I'm not going to compete, you know, with, with a lot of people on awareness. So it was like, all right, you know what, um, you know, Batch has good food and other people have, you know, good food. So we need to have, like, great fucking food, like really great food and great beer. And we have the one differentiator about us. We've got 20 taps pouring since we opened in the tap room. I mean, we, we, we have 20 beers that I feel really good about. Well, 18 beers and then one cider and one mead, Handsome Ian and Hazel. Yeah, dilly dilly. But I, I think <laughs> I just think it's unique that, uh, I mean, a lot of people are hesitant to bring in a food program at that brewery or they do something – you know, like a brewery we kind of recently mentioned that just like throws pieces all in an oven and says, "Here you go. Here's something to munch on while you're you're sitting here because it's it's simple and quick and and the margins are you know ten percent on a pizza and you can make a pizza the for a dollar. A lot less than that on a pizza. Well, I mean, and, and that's actually one of the other things. Well, now granted, of course they don't they don't brew anything, uh, but I'm pretty sure you've seen some of the posts that come from One Under out in Livonia and you know all of the the different uh, beer tappings that they do and they've got you know. 
40 some taps yeah, oh, shit but they just hired but, they just but, hired one of my boys who yeah, uh, worked it, for us in the kitchen exactly i mean they they've always been known for having these great beer ta- these beer tappings but having subpar food so they just hired a guy jason osborne who was uh working for us um he was doing all of our charcuterie and all of our fermentation and then he left us couple months ago to be the sous chef at gold cash gold right and he's the real deal and he's a beer guy it just got announced last week he's the new executive the new chef executive at chef. Wander. I saw yeah. That, yeah. so as we uh wrap up uh livernoy tap where can where where is it where can they find you online we are uh www.axel brewing um there's only two w's in yours uh, w did i say www <laughs> we're just technology w's, right man. there that's, got, that's a dark web get it, in the dark web so we are uh, axel brewing we're, at, we're at 567 uh live avenue in fabulous ferndale just three north blocks of eight mile. north of eight mile um we're open uh four to ten tuesday through thursday four to eleven on friday noon to eleven on saturdays and we do an unbelievable killer brunch on Sunday, and we're open till nine. You might actually get me out there. I mean, that's a long I need drive to do for that. me. That, that's I need a to do that. dude. It's twenty five uh, minutes from St. Clair Shores. It's it's right? a yeah, but it's a twenty. It's twenty five minutes of hangover time. You're a big baby, okay? <laughs> and you know what? I like I like <laughs> to get hang. I like to when I'm hungover. Like Sean like, Rogers over here. Do you have kids? No, God no. You're a big baby, okay? Just when, get when over I'm and hungover, meet me I like and my to watch, son for brunch. I want to meet. I want to watch George Stephanopoulos. I want to watch Jake Tapper. I want to I want to recover on my hangover. Who watches that with a hangover? The brun- oh, we serve the brunch menu till like three o'clock, I think. Okay. Well, that, they, so uh, come over. I'll buy you a moco loco. Deal. Portuguese gotta... sausage, miso gravy, day miso, old sushi rice, miso and chorizo. There you go. Uh, and you can bring Dan, and you can give him chicken tenders and fries. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Will you Not go, will you, Don't double fry uh, it. Just will just you fries. Go across the street to the KFC just to get chicken tenders <laughs> to put them on. Dude, a plate we have fried steak. chicken on our menu. It's unfucking believable. No, but that's too upscale. It's like we it's sm- fried chicken with collard greens and smoked uh, butternut uh, squash. It's like a sophisticated like place squash, of soul but food. I love collard greens. Just go across the street, get a five dollar box. No, 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 KFC, no, no. Sell it to me for eight bucks, and I'll give it to Dan. I'll sell it for ten. We're trying. We're we're trying to throw a little homage to Six Mile Livernoy with our fried chicken dish. Ooh. And I think we pull it off. If if Rob says yes, I'll go. Oh, I'm 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 game. That's racist. <laughs> That's racist. You know what? I think there's a difference between like having target market and knowing it versus being racist. I mean, Matt, he looked at, he looked Matt. right at Rob and said. I Matt, <laughs> is it bad that my my white liberal city gill? Is it bad that I always buy around for all the black women who come in and nobody else? Hell Rob? no, 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 not at all. Is I mean, he, hell, I think more black. You women mean the te- the ten black, black women that show up every week? Yeah, I think you're okay. I love I'm all right it. with that. We got the, this one this one uh, Instagram forty plus fine. That's my girl. She's always representing us. <laughs> so find them on Instagram. Forty plus five. 40 plus, plus we got black woman nucleus. She's all in too. Is, is that to... another Instagram? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I'm going to have to tag them. What, yeah. what, when do they show up? What's uh, their... You know, uh, Sarah's definitely Sunday afternoons during I the might, summertime. I, so you know what? I'll be there on a Saturday afternoon then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. That's going to do it for us. Better on draft. Dan, thank you so much for coming out. There's a ball. We Apparently, appreciate guys. it. You can like us on Facebook, Better on Draft. Twitter, Better on Draft. Instagram, Better on Draft. That's betterondraft.com. You can check us out on Twitch, Bod Podcast, B-O-D-P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Same with our untapped. 
And don't forget to check out our sponsors, the Tuna Liquor over in Rochester Hills. We're now on Spotify. We are on Spotify now. Yes. Yeah. We're like big timers. Sweet. I can play this in the tap room. Though. Yeah. You can. Well, so yes, you can. Gator shoes with a pimped out Gucci suit. I don't, I don't even know what you're saying. You said we're big timers. Oh, I, I get it now. <laughs> Took me a second. Like wow. Manny Fresh. You ate Manny Fresh. Yep. Good. So uh, with that in mind, muting you. Uh, that's going to do it for us. Again, Zatuna Liquor. Brown Iron Brew House and North Center Brewing over in Northville, Michigan. Bork. And uh, that's going to do it for us here. Uh, Better on Draft Podcast. We appreciate you listening. No matter what you think of your beer, we think it's Better on Draft. Better on Draft. Yes, sir. Have a good night. Peace.